Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by an actor and theater star. You've seen him on On Your Feet, Motown, Titanic, Grease, and Buddy. His latest role is Tommy DeVito and the national tour of Jersey Boys. We welcome Devin Goffman. Hey, nice to, nice to meet you. I'm glad to be here. Devin, my friend, let's go beyond the mic. You weren't even born when Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons were formed. Why does their music resonate with you? I grew up on this music, and it's strange because, like you said, it was um, it was a hand-me-down albums from my parents. Um, they I, they got me a Fisher Price record player when I was about three years old, and um, handed me albums of Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, the Beach Boys, Elvis, Buddy Holly, um, Johnny Cash, uh, a lot of this era of music, and um, and I grew up on it. I grew up listening to it, and by the time I was uh, you know, four or five years old, I knew every harmony on a, on the Beach Boys albums. And I was um, kind of a fanatic of this era of music. And um, my parents loved it. They took me to see Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons when I was about six years old. I lived in Buffalo, New York, is where I grew up. And we went to see them, I remember, at Melody Fair. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny, but a lot of my acting career has um has led me into this era of music and theater and it is a it's a beloved era you know so um that's 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 my experience with this music what makes the role of tommy devito so fun for you now tommy is um well the real guy tommy devito is playing a real person and tommy uh was an unbelievable leader and he He's the kind of guy that he's a, he's a fun character. Tommy has a lot of layers to him. Um, my favorite part about Tommy is he shoots from the heart. This guy is all heart. And uh, I myself feel like a guy who shoots from the heart. I'm an honest guy who shoots from the heart. And, um, and that's Tommy. He, you know, he may not have been honest all the time. He was a little bit of a manipulator to make things happen for the band. Um, but he always had good intentions in his mind. It wasn't, he wasn't meaning to, I mean, I feel like he, his intentions were always to have the band and himself be successful in the music business. And he came from the streets in New, uh, New Jersey He's a very street smart guy. And he knew, um, he, he, you know, he's an interesting character to play for sure. There's a lot of layers to him. He does have his flaws as a, as a, and things that, but who doesn't in life? The cool thing about Jersey Boys as a musical, a lot of um, Broadway musicals might candy coat people's lives. And in um, in Jersey Boys, they tell you the true story. And they let they let the uh, interesting nuances of people's um, personalities and live and his life live for real on stage. So um, although it's, it, I think that they succeeded, the writers, Rick Ellis and Marshall Brickman, uh, along with Des Mackinoff and uh, Sergio Trujillo, the, the original creative team, they really took the time to take in what really happened and the the highs and lows of a band to behind the music story. You know, it's a real behind the music story of how these guys came up from the streets of Jersey and, you know, knocking over jewelry marks and whatnot. And then they ended up, being superstars in the rock and roll hall of fame. So how do you get there? There's a, you know, there's lines in the show that, you know, say, you know, you sell a hundred million records, see how you handle it, you know? And so there's a lot of truth in these guys. They were, they were, and I think it's what's relatable about Tommy DeVito and the rest of these characters. Tommy, um, 
you know, he did what he did to, to get where he wanted to be. He's, and he's a good time to play every night. I would say I have a fun, I try to play him through a lot of joy because I think he was a joyful guy. I think he, and I never got to meet Tommy myself. I met his brother when I did the show in Vegas. Um, and, uh, but I, as we know, Tommy passed away this year of COVID and, um, or last year of COVID. And, um, and so it's a, it's a bit of standing on their shoulders every night playing these guys that were these rock icons. I just, um, I just try to do it justice. That's, that's my gig. So what did his brother think of your performance? Um, I wasn't playing Tommy that night, actually. I was playing a different part. So his brother came, I was playing it. Uh, I was an understudy at the time. So I, uh, I wasn't playing Tommy the night that his brother came, but now I'm playing the role, which is great. And, uh, you know, it's, a uh, yeah, Tommy's a lot of fun, man. I, um, as I said, um, his, uh, he starts the story. The thing about Tommy is he's the first narrator of the story and he gets to catch the audience before anybody else does, which is awesome for Tommy himself, because who doesn't like to, if four guys are going to tell a story of what happened, who doesn't like to be the first one to go, hey, before you talk to those guys, let's talk to me first because I'm the guy you need to listen to. Listen to me first. And that's what Tommy kind of shows up at the beginning of the show. He's like, ah, I know those guys are going to say stuff about me. They might tell you stories about me. Don't believe them. Listen to me. I'm the guy, who, I'm the guy you want to talk to is his actual line in his first monologue um, because this whole thing started with me, Tommy DeVito, you know. Belleville, New Jersey, native son, you know, that that's how he starts the show. So you, you basically get this fun um, character of a, of, of a charmer showing up at the top of the show and saying, this is going to be an interesting story. You're going to find out a lot of things about this band. People are going to do things to each other. There's going to be betrayals. It's almost Shakespearean in that way. And, and then he's going to say, listen, my side of the story, let me catch you first. Listen to me. Don't listen to those guys when they say those things. So that's the fun of that's the fun of Tommy DeVito. Devin, who inspired you growing up? Uh, who inspired me growing up? Um, I had a lot of inspiration. My mother was um, my number one. Um, my mom, uh, she she's an amazing woman. She overcame a lot of adversity in her life. Um, she was a, a math teacher, and she, um, you know, my mom did some unbelievable things. Um, as, as time progressed, uh, she, she was called the math lady, and she used to sell. Uh, she used to go and teach using calculators in the classroom when everybody thought using a calculator in the classroom was was cheating. And she would help people to use technology. For and she actually won a presidential award from um, in D.C. and it was a pretty um, amazing uh, thing to have um, a mom that um, accomplished so much with so little. So that, that's kind of my inspiration. My sister as well has been, is a doctor and she's, uh, she, you know, she saves lives. She's a, it's funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm an actor. I, I, I portray people on stage, but my, my sister is like out, you know, was on the front lines during the pandemic and she's a doctor in New York city. And so I've, uh, those are a couple of people, um, the two people that inspired me the most in my life. Well, let's talk about that. Your sister is chief of obstetrics at the Sloan Hospital for Women at New York Presbyterian. How did the pandemic change the way you saw your older sister? Um, my sister has always been selfless with me, and she's always taken care of me as I was her little brother. You know, I'm always been her little brother, so she's always been very caring and almost like another parent to me, um, and uh, very nurturing. And she chose the 
the field of being a doctor and being chief of obstetrics so she can help people um, in the world. She's a, she has a need to help. She loves to help people. So when the pandemic hit, um, my sister was like, they need me to help. Like I need to help. And she put herself at risk and um, was willing to, to do pretty much anything for her family, for me, for everyone. And it did, it, it was, it's amazing to see someone that you love when they're faced with like immediate adversity, not just um, basic adversities that we, uh, things that we deal with on a daily basis. My sister was faced with like, um, and she, you know, she discovered um, asymptomatic cases in pregnant women and she was, um, she's phenomenal. She did some amazing things during the pandemic to help people. And um, yeah, she helped me. Um, she, she's helped me the same way that I just watched her do it for like the entire country uh at the time when when all i've seen her do that for me and for my family and for her family and then and i'd seen her i'd heard stories of the things that she'd done as a doctor for you know 25 years um but now she's you know you know was doing something that that helped the whole country which was pretty cool how has theater changed your life uh it it, it gave me a safe place to be um theater uh, theater was um, was the safest space in middle school, high school to be myself, to be accepted who I was. To I'll, you know, I, I always say like kid, kids need a place to to grow and to to be nurtured as humans, to be allowed to be loud or funny or goofy or whatever you are to be um, obsessed with Star Wars. Some people need, you know, everybody has their things that they love sports. I know I was, a, was a pretty jokey kid. I liked cracking jokes. I liked um, having fun. I was a pretty joyful kid. I liked playing games and um, theater was a, was, I was, I don't know what to say. I was dramatic. Maybe I was a little dramatic as a kid too, but you, I was also emotional as a kid. So theater gave me this place that like, they were like, come here, you can be all those things and you're safe to be here. You don't have to pretend to be whatever is the norm. You don't have to be quiet and you don't have to um, sit with your hands folded nicely in society and um, just accept everything as it is. You can just be you and you can be fun and have friends and meet people and sing. We, we would sing and dance and act and I would learn harmonies and, you know, I learned to play guitar and I learned to play the bass and I learned to play the piano and I learned all these things about music and it was a space that like, and I grew as a human being to be good to people. I learned that friendship was really important in theater. I learned that you um, being a good person is um is is wonderful and it's a wonderful de default in your life like in theater everybody works together to create this you know, show and if somebody's um not being a nice or a good person it's really hard to put on a show so you learn to be nice to each other to be kind to each other to listen to your i mean acting is is and music are two things that i say is listening is number one and in acting, you are listening. You're, it's not about performing. It's about listening to your scene partners, to the audience, to what's happening on stage. You pay attention. And 
I learned to listen doing theater. I learned to um, listen in music as well, because music isn't just about playing. It's about listening. So I don't know. All of these things um, gave me a safe place to, to grow up. Devin Goffman from Jersey Boys joins us beyond the mic, and it's time for the Rocking Eight. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. You got it. As a former pool boy, Devin, what's the one thing that most people with pools fail to do? Most people with pools fail to balance the chemicals correctly. Now, Josh Allen will win a Super Bowl in what year? What, what's the next Super Bowl? <laughs> 2023 let's go best game of softball you've ever played in and what position Uh, did you play i play left field and i had a game where i hit two home runs a double and i had seven rbis what movie the first time you saw it you were totally unimpressed with but it kind of grew on you and is one of your favorites now dirty dancing what that dirty dancing the first time i saw it i was a little kid i didn't understand what i was i didn't understand what i was watching but i thought it was cool my mom loved it, and then as it, as I watched it as I got older, I was like, whoa, this movie is so great. I love it. What's your favorite theater you've ever performed in? Shea's Buffalo in uh, in New York, in my hometown. How about that best NFL game you've ever seen in person? <laughs> You're killing me, man. Um, well, that's why the Rocky <laughs> Need is here, to tear out those secrets. I got two answers for this question. Best uh, Best game I've seen. Best game I ever was at was the Frank Reich comeback game. Houston, um, I think it was Houston against Buffalo. It was at the a, the comeback game. I stayed, my friend and I, we didn't go home. We stayed for the end of the game, and they came back and won the game. It was the biggest comeback in NFL history. Second, I was at Super Bowl twenty five as a little kid, but we lost, so it wasn't my favorite game, so that's why it's second. But I still went to my first Super Bowl, which – was Bill's Giants when Norwood missed a field goal. That was a hard one. Do you have a favorite family tradition? We play canasta. We are hardcore canasta players, and we play our whole family, her family, my family, all of us now are canasta addicts. And we play as a family. We play in groups. It helped us through the pandemic. We found an online app that we could play when we were in separate rooms. Um, even on our phones. Um, but uh, card games was something that were passed down from my grandfather um, who passed away um, a long time ago. But my, my mom's father, Sid, um, used to teach me card games. And um, Tommy DeVito does card tricks in the show. So I kind of have a, a scent. Cards are, I think playing cards for real is a, is a really nice when you're not playing for money, you're just playing cards to play cards and to be with to be with each other, the family. Okay, that's that's ours. What's one thing that people don't know about you? That's a good question. I um, people don't know about me. What don't people know about me? Um, other than you and your wife are painting your house. Well, I'm painting the shed right now. Uh, that's I got paint all over my hands. Um. No, something people don't know about me. Um, I, I a lot of people don't know that I um, that I like to do hot yoga. I'm uh, I'm I. It's probably my favorite thing to do. Um, when before the pandemic, before you know, we weren't breathing in rooms together for hours and hours. Um, um, I'm trying to think of something more. There's got to be something more interesting about me. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I'll think about it while we're while we move on. It's time for the back half with Devin Goffman, star of Jersey Boys. 
Beyond the Mic. Devin, you're going to Lubbock for the first time, and you once played Joe in Buddy. What are the emotions for you that you actually get to come and see Lubbock and see something that you've only portrayed in? I mean, what's it like seeing Buddy's hometown as there's a part of you in every role? Yeah. First job out of college was the Buddy Holly Story National Tour for me. Um, I, um, Buddy, Buddy Holly was this show brought so many beautiful friends into my life, and we've celebrated Buddy Holly. We celebrate Buddy every year in the Bopper and Richie Valens, and they had such a profound effect on my musical upbringing. Um, going to Lubbock, I've been thinking about it since I saw it on the schedule of the tour. Um, doing Jersey Boys in Lubbock as Tommy is 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 a really special moment. I played Joe B with, you know, Joe B. Malden was the upright bass player for anyone out there who doesn't know. And um, my first tour of, uh, I did six productions of Buddy Holly around the globe. And um, it was a, it was a job I kept going back to because I loved the show so much. Um, now, when I first did the show, I wasn't playing Joe. I, I, but I learned to play upright bass being on the tour and being around this music every day. I, I started playing more bass and more upright bass and the music. I was just so drawn to it and slapping and I slapping the bass. And it's like, it's like a whole organic thing that came. I bought an upright bass. I love playing uh, bluegrass music and, rock and roll music and it's led to you know so much to to go back and to get to see where buddy grew up and just to see it firsthand the very first tour of buddy that i did went to lubbock but it went before i joined the tour so i did not get to go to lubbock the first time the buddy holly story tour played lubbock and i know maria elena came to see the show and it was like a big deal for everyone this I've never been. I had one person come to see me and Buddy somewhere that I was in like my third or fourth production, and he brought me a picture of Joe Malden that he took, and he you know gave us. He waited outside the stage door, a fan, and he handed me a picture of Joe Malden that he had. He thought I should have it because he appreciated my performance of the of the character, the role. Um, yeah, it changed me as a musician. It changed me as a human being. To to and the first time I ever played an icon on stage was that show, the Buddy Holly, and playing playing Joe Malden, and five times. I mean, I did it in five theaters around the country, um, plus the national tour. So it's it's pretty important to go back to Lubbock. So I'm really excited to to catch some history in Lubbock and see the Buddy Holly Theater to play that theater. Uh, this is. It's going to be really cool. And, you know, I'm playing a musician on stage and I play the guitar and I, I care about the musical side of the show so much in Jersey boys. And I hang out with the guys, who, you know, the instrumentalists and we talk music and we jam together. We just had a jam two nights ago where we sat around and what we learned, I get around by the, the beach boys and we sat around and we just were jamming in a hotel room two nights ago. We love this music and we love, um, and yeah, Buddy Holly. I, I mean, that's 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 it right there. I mean, you wish that he had a, a full lifetime of his music. I, it's something that I go back and listen to the Beatles, and I listen to their whole. And the, the thing about Jersey Boys, there's a whole world of music that you get to see how their music changed and morphed with t- 
time in the 70s and then the 80s and how their music changed. And oh, I would just kill to see Buddy Holly's music change through the years because he did so much in 18 months with 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 his you know shortened life. And you would just, I would just, I would, it's really special to me to, um, to celebrate him and to, to get a chance to come back to Lubbock. First time around on the national tour, you were a swing performer. How challenging and rewarding is it as a swing performer? I mean, you don't know where you might be called on to do that night. Yeah. So swinging is a, it's a skill in itself. There's a lot of, uh, compartmentalizing you have to do in your brain, um, and you have to learn a lot of different vocal parts, a lot of different physical dance parts. And I did five different tracks. So I was five different parts and I didn't know who I was going to be what night. And so like all of a sudden one night you're playing the lead role, you're playing Tommy, you know, like out of nowhere, you go jump in the show and you have to carry the show. Um, partly for the first season, you basically carry the show. Um, it taught me so much. It did. It, it threw me into the, to the wolves, you know what I mean? With feeling like you didn't have enough rehearsal and you weren't ready, but you could still do it. And you could still, you had to show up and go into your gut and just do it. So it makes those hard performances easier later in life. I mean, swinging, like when I have to do a big performance in front of, like I had to jump in and sing with a group last minute and, you know, I wasn't really pre- prepared as much and someone needed someone to jump in and I'm able to do more with less and I'm able to trust my gut and know that I know myself as a performer and, and, and you can do this. I mean, that's, that's part of our gig as, as a professional actor is you just do it. Yeah. You, you, you can't overthink and you have to just show up and, and trust your gut and have the confidence and to do it. I always say that, look, we talked about my sister. I'm like, she's, you know, got somebody's life in her hand. I don't, I'm, I got to do a play. You know what I mean? We're going to do a play. It's going to be fun. If so, if a line goes wrong or a harmony is, you know, if your voice cuts out at the wrong time, that's terrible, but it's not life or death. And the big thing is you have to have a short memory. You have to keep going. You got to, you got to think about what's important. And I think it's taught me so much about life. You know, what's important in life. You know, you can't have a, you can't be holding on to grudges and, and having your memories and your past, you know, slowing you down. You got to keep going forward and you got it. And that's what swinging did. I mean, in a show you get thrown into Jersey boards. It's like, it's, you've seen the show probably it's a, it's a fast moving machine. There's no time to mourn um, saying the, instead of an, or, you know, like us as actors, we'd like to think about all of our little thing. Oh, I could have done this little Oh man, I would have really liked to get that that laugh at this moment. Or you can't think about that. You just got to show up and you got to do your do your thing and look at each other. And the, the the play is the most important thing. Um, the serving the piece. And so, as a swing, you jump in and you try to serve the piece in whatever job you're supposed to do. Devin, you proposed to your wife, Katie, using a flash mob in Chicago. Looking yeah. back, do you have any second thoughts? Or was that the perfect way of doing it with the stars of Motown helping you sing My Girl? Yeah, I haven't had any regrets about that. I mean, she loved, she, you know, it's different. Every girl is different. So when I, um, Katie, I had to really think about what she would want as her proposal you know what i mean like you can't just do a proposal for yourself you're trying to propose to another person to give yourself so my wife loves 
music. She, my wife loves a party. She loves a lot of like fun, like people and community. And so I thought it was, um, you know, a perfect opportunity to ask her with a community, with our community, with us, you know, Motown was the show I was doing and we were surrounded by, by love and people. And, um, and we felt supported. Uh, it was really fun. If you watch the video, it's really fun. And it was the most nerve wracking performance of my life for sure. But um, she said yes. And I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, that, that I, I did the right thing. It was, a, it was a good choice. You spent the pandemic helping pass on your knowledge to students because you couldn't share your talent with others. No theaters were going on. Everything was just kind of shut down and you were home. Why does helping future generations of actors help you? Oh, it helps me a ton. I, you know, somebody helped me when I was young and helped me find this, this career. It's not an easy career and it's, it's being an artist is something that you don't really choose. You, you just either do it or you don't. If you're meant to be an artist, it's always going to be there. If you choose not to, I think a lot of people choose not to, and that's fine. They still have the heart of it and it's part of their life in ways. For some reason, it just drove me to, I really loved it in a way that, and I think I was lucky. I think there's a lot of luck involved. I think, you know, but you want to give kids a chance to, to be lucky, to have a fun life, to have a, a, to get that chance, you know, everybody as an actor, you always be like, oh, that one show was so great when I did that one or when I did that one role, that really meant something to me. And when you meet these theater kids, they have a lot of that in them and they don't, they're not all ready for, <laughs> to, to get those things. They need a little guidance. Um, I needed guidance as a kid. I needed someone to tell me, hey, you can do this. You just better work really hard, man. I mean, Lynn Curtiel Formato is her name and she... I uh, was in Buffalo and I remember coming to her and saying, Lynn, do you think I did my first professional show? I did the who's Tommy at a um, theater in Buffalo. And she looked at me and I said, do you think I could do this for a living? And she said, sure. If you learn how And I was like, in my brain, I was like, I already thought I was good. Like, you know, I'm like a 20 year old kid going, what? Like, I thought I was good, you know? And she's like, no, you're good, but you got to go learn you got to go study. She's like, you got to study for, and even once you're done studying, you got to study some more and you got to keep your skills up and you got to figure out where you fit. And she said, but let's do it. And she helped me get into the, the BFA program at Fredonia. I was a music ed major at the time and she helped me change my major. And I got in as a, a BFA and a bachelor of fine arts in musical theater. And I studied, I took all my music, experience and put it into to that and I learned about acting and well then I went to New York and I started studying with Craig Carnelia who was an amazing acting teacher and Craig changed my life too so you know you need mentors you need people to teach you things you can't just learn it on your own I know kids have YouTube and TikTok but you can't learn everything from there you can you need you need a person that tells you you're you're good but you need to work and you need to have um, a work ethic it has to be learned so that you you know how to do the work to get the jobs and then to do the jobs. That's the whole thing. It's like it it's harder work when you're not working as an actor. Once you're in Jersey Boys, you have to show up and do a good job in your one show every day. 
and do your job. Um, but then it's an in-between when you have to work really hard. So I try to help kids to get out of, uh, you know, their own way. That's, that's my job is to help them get their, get out of their own way and to know somebody believes in them who's done it and says, you know, I was just like you and I see the talent, I see the skills and I say, you could do this. Yeah. You got to practice, see what happens. And you could always do something else. Like at some point in your life, you might not want to be an actor anymore and that's okay. Or you might not want to be a singer anymore. You might want to do something else and that's okay too. It's just like, if you want this now, go for it, have fun. Even if it becomes a hobby or something you do on the side. Um, I talk to any of my friends that have left the business as actors and we're all kind of like, I mean, people are like, you know, it was great while I had it. I loved it. So why not do it for do it for now? And then, you know, if you find something else you love as you get older, that's okay too. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's why I help kids. I want, I want, I want to be what the people who did that for me to help me to find, like, look how we talked about Buddy Holly and Jersey boys and all this stuff. And, and, and you get to accomplish your, your dreams a little bit. Like dreams are real things. You have dreams as a kid. I always wanted to be on TV. I always said, I'm going to be on TV. I really want to be on TV. I got my first TV gig a couple of years ago. Um, I want to, I want to do some more of that. I'd like to do more things too. So I have more goals for myself that, you know, start right now. So it's good. Devin Goffman from Jersey boys joins us beyond the mic. Your wife is traveling with you as part of Jersey boys. How hard is it on your marriage to be traveling? I mean, you get to spend free time with her and you're both doing what you love, but it's not like a white picket fence, perfect house after the nine to five day, you know, yeah. Hey honey, I'm home. That's, you know, that's our life though. That's, that's what we've, I mean, we get to be together now. We don't have to deal with FaceTime and deal with all the like travel, figuring out when we're going to travel home on the one day off. We have a Monday off or a Wednesday off and you're trying to fly home to see each other and, it's 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 solved a lot of that having to figure out when we're going to spend time together. So there's a part of traveling and doing shows that that really makes uh, relationships complicated. And like you said, it's not the come home at five o'clock. But you know, this it keeps it, it, it our career. You can maintain a relationship even when you're on uh, tours and shows, and people do it. And and I think like we're really lucky to get to work together and travel together right now. It's a it's a blessing and it's, it's cool to uh, share. We shared the stage for the first time. She's a swing in the show and she went on uh, this week and we got to share the stage together for the first time of our life. We've been, you know, together for eight or nine years and never got to share, you know, big stage. How special was that? It was really special. It felt really cool. I mean, you know, she's really unbelievably talented and, I've seen her do amazing things. She was in Clueless in New York. I saw her play Cher in Clueless in New York City. I mean, off Broadway, she was unbelievable. Like, and then I saw her, you know, play the leading Ghost. She was Molly in the Ghost National Tour, and I saw her play that. And I saw her do Jersey Boys. I I came and watched the show in D.C. in 2019. Um, I went to see the show because I wasn't in it, and she was amazing. I saw her. I watched. I went back and saw her do all the different different parts, and and I was like, never. I didn't know that we would get a chance to do it together. And then this chance opportunity came up, and um, and it's really cool. It's cool to 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 get to do this. Uh, you, you know, as an actor, I'll say this: you don't always get to do what we love. We we have breaks. People have 
time off and you don't get a show for six months or a year or a couple of years. And there's time that you're doing regional theater and you're jumping into little shows that, that happen for six weeks. How many times do you get to, to do a show like Jersey boys, which you love, we love the show so much and we both love it and we're both in it together. It's a really cool thing. What's the best thing about your wife and the worst habit that you have that drives your wife crazy? Oh, come on. Um, Oh, come on. That's uh that best thing about your wife. My wife, my wife is the, is the most joyful person I've ever met in my life. And she has, um, she's joy. Uh, she is pure joy. Um, and what do I do? Uh, yeah, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Um, I, uh, I'm trying to think of something that I do. That's, uh, I, I'm, I'm perfect. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No. What's the one thing you have to do on tour? First thing that you do when you get into a new town, do you rest, do you see the town or look for the best place to eat? Um, what do I do when I get to a town? We usually unpack a little bit. I usually try to get myself ready to get ready for whatever the next show is in the hotel room, make us some semblance of home in the hotel room. So it feels like it doesn't feel like just a hotel room. Um, and then usually we, 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 we eat, find something to eat that is, you know, substantial and fun because you've been traveling and you try to find something that you're everybody and you figure out which people from the show you're going to hang out with to have a meal and, um, and yeah, I don't know. I think my stuff is, I like to find a place to go hiking. I always like to find, if I have a, some time, I like to find a place. I like to figure out where the theater is in relationship to the hotel and figure out what, you know, time the show is and all of those things, the logistical things. And, um, and yeah, like you try to figure out, I always like, look on the city sheet. They give us a sheet of, that tells us interesting things about the town. And I like to see what, what, what's there. Like, what do I need to see? How long am I here? And what do I need to see while I'm here? Which rising star in theater are you saying, damn, he or she is going to be really great. That's a great question. Um, you know, my, my friend Rodney Earl Jackson Jr. is pretty brilliant performer and he also does a lot of teaching like we said about helping kids and he's he's a he's a he's a real special human being and he has a san San francisco bay area theater company it's his theater company in san francisco and he helps kids like him that grew up there it's it's s-f-b-a-t-c-o san francisco bay area theater company and he not only is he a brilliant performer in his own right, but he's also doing the same thing for the next generation. And I don't think a lot of people know he's done some show. He's done a lot of shows. He was in Book of Mormon. He was in Motown. He was in um, Ain't Too Proud for a bit. He's done a lot of stuff. And he he um, he was in the Christmas Carol that was recently the the recent Christmas Carol musical. He's a real rising star, and I believe in him. Um, and I th- I think there's you know. When the, I'll say this, John Hacker, the guy who plays Frankie Valley in my show in, in the Jersey Boys we do, is a superstar. He is no doubt what if anybody comes to see this show and you watch John Hacker, 
he's not just going to be Frankie Valley in his life. He's going to go on to do some unbelievable things. He's a he's a rock star. He's a, he can do it all. He's a great actor, and um, and I think everybody should come see the show just to see his performance. It's he was the understudy on Broadway for Frankie, and he is. Um, he was Joe Pesci and now he's been playing Frankie for a long time. And, you know, I, every day when I, I watch him and listen to him, I'm like, this guy's going to be a superstar. I'm like, what's next for him? So I, there's, there's a couple of names. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I watch out for my wife too. Um, Katie Goffman. I mean, she's, um, I, you know, I live with her, but I, we, we just made a, a recording of shallow for on uh, we put it up on um and we did a a little just jam in our living room no microphones just like us singing in the living room through on the the iphone and we've been making some recordings and like sometimes i'm just when she sings i'm just like i she's she's the real deal and when i saw her in clueless uh um off broadway like it was, she was, it was all eighties rock songs, you know, it was nineties songs. Sorry. It was nineties rock songs. And she's got a, she's got something special. That's why I'm, I'm happy to play guitar for her and let her wail away. But um, no, there's, those are, those are, I, I, I'm very fortunate to work with some amazing people in my career. So you're going to see, you're going to see some, some special things out of all those, those three. You talk about the future when this tour is over, what is your dream role? Hmm. I mean, that role where, all your hard work since 1976 ends up fighting for. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of different things that I really, I think that I'm built for. I mean, there's a good chance of me playing someday Nathan Detroit in guys and dolls. I think I, I think Nathan is in my future. Um, that's a, that's a Broadway role that I think would be, uh, would just make complete sense. Um, I think that I, I think I'm meant to be. I, I would. I'm going to put this out there. The like uh, a cop a cop show on TV would to be uh, like what what like Christopher Maloney does for um, for Law and Order. You know what I mean? Like I'm actually talking to Jeffrey Donovan from Law and Order coming up beyond the mic. There you go. And that that's like I think that's that would be as I as I age and get older a little like I'm in that wheelhouse of um you know playing a new york you know i get called in for like you said mob guys and all of these roles but i think there's a good guy cop role in for in my future that when it all falls into place maybe it's a new show on tv you never know maybe it's an old one like you said like like but um i think there's something out there that is going to that that but you never know i mean there's there's um there's a that that's a fun question and you know if there was a Beach Boys musical my I would love to look into like Brian Wilson would be an interesting role to play um he's such an interesting human being it's time for one big question with Devin Goffman from Jersey Boys Beyond the Mic Devin you once said quote we are one community. It's about supporting each other. I can't say enough about how important it is to be good to each other, unquote. Why is supporting each other lost in this world as sometimes we all are? And how has others supporting you and you supporting others feed your soul? 
Well, it's like you get on an airplane and they tell you if the plane's going down, you got to put on your mask first before you help somebody else. So I think a lot of us around the globe and around the country are feeling stuff that we don't, we're not always putting the mask on ourselves first. You know, we're not always taking care of our own health and like we are one, we need each other. So you needed someone to tell you to put the mask on, right? And you needed someone to explain where it is. And you need somebody to, to and if you're a little kid, you need someone to put it on for you. And we and you hope that your neighbor on the airplane is also looking at you like, hey, man, you need a hand? Like, that's how nice is it when you're tra- – I travel so much. But when I sit down on an airplane next to somebody who's kind and they're not frustrated or stressed about traveling or that they're really kind and they're really just like trying to have a nice travel day and move on to the next, wherever they're going. It's rare because I know people travel and they're stressed about, you know, COVID and all the different traveling is stressful. But I think when we put aside our stresses and try to like, just show up every day, I think we need that. I think everybody's got their, like we talked about Tommy, everybody's got their flaws. Everybody's got their stuff, but let's, Let's like, when do you, the great things get created when we're kind to each other, when we work in collaboration with each other, this Jersey boys show is a collaboration, amazing choreographer, Sergio Trujillo. I've worked on it with him on, on your feet as well. Um, the Gloria Stefan musical and Sergio is a genius and he did the choreography for this. And then Des Mack enough, who, you know, the who's Tommy on Broadway and all these, you know, guys and dolls and all the uh, amazing Des brings so much uh, and his Shakespearean knowledge. And he brings that to the show. And then Rick and Rick Ellis and Marshall Brickman, Marshall Brickman's like, you know, wrote Annie Hall and like Rick Ellis is like Tony winning playwright. And they all come together with all of their genius and they have to sit in a room and get along enough to like, to like, write a show together and produce it together. And then the do- like the producers of the Dodgers, these wonderful people that have done other things all have to come together. And then all of a sudden Jersey boy shows up this amazing show that's done very well. And it's giving me um, work and other people work. And every night I see 2000 people on their feet, standing, applauding, smiling. I walk out of the stage door. My wife and I walked out of the stage door in Lincoln, Nebraska, just, um, two days ago and the woman on the standing on the corner, we were talking about where we we're going to eat. We were going to go to Jimmy John's or something. She looks at me and she goes, thank you. She just stopped and she had tears in her eyes. She goes, thank you so much. And we were like, no problem. No, thank you for coming. Like we were like, thanks for coming. But there's so much that live theater and building a show like this creates so many jobs and so many wonderful things, happiness and people and, people lightening their mood when they're in a bad place. And, you know, that's what this business is. That's what I say when I say one community, I had a guy who came to the show in Minneapolis who, you know, his daughter wrote me after the show and said that, you know, his, he just lost his wife or her mother and he loved the show so much. And it just meant a lot to him that we were there and did the show. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you for telling me. Can I send a, and I got a program and I had all the guys sent it and I, I mailed it to him and where, and she was so grateful. She's like, you don't know what you've done for my dad. This meant so much to him that you guys like reached out. And I said, well, it's easy, easy for me. It was, it was, it felt good to know that we were helping somebody. We're doing the show every day. We do the show to eight shows a week. 
to know that the audience is affected and that they're going through stuff and it makes them feel good. That's what theater is. So the, when you, when I say one community and all, we're all taking care of each other, that's when the best things happen. I mean, that it's not the best things don't happen when we're mean to each other or when we can't work together. When you can't work with each other, then shows don't get written and they get stuck on a shelf, something that could be really cool. So I feel like that's, that's the key is what this Jersey boys was able to do was to, and they got, you know, the four guys during the story, they made it through, you know, and they, they stuck together and, you know, Tommy or Frankie bails out Tommy and helps him out in rough times. Tommy helped Frankie to, to get up on stage and believe in himself. And Bob showed up and brought his knowledge and his and talent and his voice and all the, the this, and Nick was, had the ears he had the you know nick had the ear training he could hear the harmonies and he knew what would sound good and he had the musical skills of like they say like he could have been um don costa you know what i mean like nick could have been this so the, it takes getting all those people into a room together to make something great and um and i think that that's the same as like like you said to have a good travel day you need kind people around you and to have a good you know day on the subway or um just a day buying a house or whatever you're doing. It's nice when the people are kind and not mean. Devin Goffman loves playing softball, bluegrass, and he believes acting is listening. See Devin in the national tour of Jersey Boys when it hits your town. Devin, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Hey, thanks, Sean. This is really a very cool interview that I wasn't expecting. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.